Hi everybody, welcome to the first Talk L&D podcast. This is a really exciting time and we're really excited to share Talk L&D with you. Um, my name is Louisa, I'm a training manager and a facilitator and a coach um, and I'm going to be running this podcast with the wonderful Alex Furman who is also a facilitator and a consultant. Um, so Alex, why don't you share with us what inspired us to start Talk L&D? Mm, so the uh, corona business has catalyzed my interest in technology i suppose because i'm quite old-fashioned and uh, i do i've always done all my work face to face with people you know get people in the room travel all over the countryside an awful lot of time on motorways and trains and all that sort of stuff which is which is pretty bleak but you know it was always just the norm and um and it was always fine and good and uh, that's that's suited me and it's also you know a lot of my clients wanted you know in terms of how professional development was done there's always this perception that this is the way we do it particularly if you want to do it really well is that you need to physically be there in the room and um and then we can't do that anymore and so we've started um just working remotely at zoom um podcasts um recording lessons and sending them out to people it's like sort of little um uh, online tools and all that sort of stuff and uh, and and actually the, the the way that people are responding to it is really well is, is really positive and um we were doing this coaching course uh, this uh, sort of evening coaching course as an experiment and we had um well you were on it Louise. yes i you know, was we had, yeah we had like 70 people 70 people kind of zooming in on this thing and uh, and and so what so what became apparent is that before corona um all kicked us into lockdown there were you know i had a sort of preconceived view about what you know good training good education looked like but that's just been sort of turned on its head really now and um not only can it be done really well using sort of technology um, which people are much more open to because they have to be i guess um but also it kind of introduces this idea idea of scale and that rather than working with a group of six or a group of 12, you know, you can have a, um, a training course for 70 people. And it's, you know, if you if you use the little chat box and you um, get people into little breakout rooms and all that sort of stuff, you can still be really engaging. And then you've got um, the added sort of excitement of somebody from Birmingham talking to somebody in Edinburgh and somebody in uh, California and somebody in Australia you know um so 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 you've got this sort of international dimension as well all without anybody having to leave their own homes so it's um it's just sort of mind-blowing really what the possibilities are so so this yeah this podcast is a way of kind of getting on board with that and uh we'll just sort of see see what happens this whole thing's just been a big experiment it's been very much well let's 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 give it a go let's play with the ideas and just see what emerges so not particularly good strategy but it's 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 just like this big experiment isn't it so yeah well I guess um I know you've talked you've talked a little bit about being agile and innovation and I think that's one thing from this time is um I think there's gonna be a lot of innovation new ideas and how we use like technology is changed and I think um like you were mentioning the fact that you can have a training course and you've got someone from Birmingham Edinburgh and California all in one room that's going to enhance learning automatically because people are going to have these different perspectives. Um, and I think one thing I've noticed is even though 
I know personally for me, I've been in lockdown and I've been locked down alone. I've actually felt more connected to people than I have done in a long time because connect the beauty, you know, I think if we'd done this 20 years ago, it'd be a very different experience, but the beauty of technology is how we can all connect. And actually, like you were talking about um, training, I think, you know, I think we had this conversation before about when we're doing training organizations, sometimes they focus on the top talent or management and actually there's a whole company full. And if you're just focusing on one area of the, of the, um, the team, there's other people that aren't getting that same message. And actually, I think one of the things we talked about with Talk L&D is making learning and development accessible to everybody because everyone um, can benefit from learning and development and yeah. um, developing themselves. Yeah, you see, that's another dimension to this because, um, again, the way, the way that the traditional... Um, training course particularly right so leadership management particular culprit for this that you would focus on uh, the you know a group of very promising people like the special ones uh, who and you'd take them all to a stately home <laughs> and train them up over over a few days and then they you know you take them back and but they would be you know these, these special people would be going back with their leadership skills sharpened but working side by side with their colleagues who for whatever reason hadn't been chosen to 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 go to the stately home and and so actually there's uh some sort of fairly some fairly problematic um dynamics starting to emerge from this because of course um what makes you special and does that mean that actually i who wasn't selected to go to the stately home does that mean that i don't have a, a promising career am i not talented or have i not been um, chosen for uh, to have a future or 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 or, or, a, or the possibility of promotion in, in, in the business whereas you obviously have and so it was kind of creating it creates rifts um, and uh, it's it's an imperfect system it's an imperfect I mean c companies have done it for a long time because companies have done it for a long time rather than because it particularly meets an aim um, and like all these things you know it has perhaps unexpected or unintentional consequences which aren't all good you know um, so yeah just extracting the high performers from a business sharpening them up and putting them back into the business what message does it give to everybody else and i've been thinking about that a lot and i think again this is another thing that um, by making l d more accessible taking the stately home out of it it's not <laughs> not not altogether because you know it, I, I hope for myself i like a, i like a few days in the stately home and um and hopefully that will to a certain extent that will remain but but it's whether we could take a wider view on this so that actually you know the key messages um so that, you know the conceptual stuff that we we talk about on these programs actually there's no why with, with all of this technology um at our disposal why can't we communicate it to everybody and make everybody comfortable and familiar with um you know positive psychology you know using flow theory um on themselves and others you know having uh, professional standard coaching conversations you know, engaging with ideas like transactional analysis or the chimp paradox when they're having difficult conversations with people, all these sorts of things. These are these are these are concepts which which what we know now, courtesy of Coronid, stand up very well to being communicated um, through virtual means. Yes. Yeah, and, I, and I think, you know, if organizations took that approach of how can we make it accessible to everybody, I wonder what difference that would make to organizations, to culture and their output if everyone feels that they're getting some investment and everyone's on that learning curve that can only be a positive thing for mm. for everybody really so um 
hopefully yes. Talk L&D will, will be a, a bit of a leader in, in getting people to engage in this kind of thought process. Well, I, you know, I, I, I hope lots of people do this. I, I hope that there, I hope that there's a, there's a multitude of, I think there are a multitude of people doing, doing this sort of thing. Um, but I think what, we, what we're going to do, so, so, so we were talking about this on the phone last Sunday, and I think what we're going to try and do here is talk about, is, is, is um, talk about the, the subject matter, the content and the, you know, the tools that we teach on the professional development programs in stately homes, but we're going to talk them through and discuss them with, well, you, you, well, you and me will talk about them, but we can, we can discuss them with other people who have perhaps, um, you know, got a stack of real world leadership experience or have been really tested um, by, by their professional leadership role in one way or another. And we'll, we'll be able to talk to them about what this theoretical stuff means to them. And um, by broadcasting it out this way as well, one, one thing that I have found and, um, and another massive opportunity, I think, for the podcast as a medium is that, you know, when you look at the theoretical stuff, it can be quite tough to read. You know, yeah. it can be written in a fairly impenetrable way. It can be overly theoretical. Well, not overly theoretical, but, but, but you know, certainly it can, you know, really need, demand your attention um, and, 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 and demand your kind of, a lot of energy to kind of read and get through it, you know, particularly if the writer is very academic and how they've put it. But everybody can listen, you know, everybody can listen to stuff. And, and so actually the, the medium of, um, of the podcast, which means that people can, they can do their gardening, they can be in the car driving around the place, um this is my daughter behind me this is hey, this, this is, is, you, this is, this is part of the fun making, and this, do you know what alex actually it makes it real doesn't it well, it's, you know, it's, this, this, is, this is it I, this is this is this is this is a, a reality i had um i was on a i was on a zoom with a client and my um five-year-old son just strolled past completely stark naked <laughs> What was interesting was on the call. I was it was quite a serious call, and everyone was very grown up, and no no one batted an eyelid. It was just we just carried on. Anyway, um, but that's uh, but yeah, you're right. It's it's real. So, uh, but anyway, what was I saying? Yeah. So um, the thing about you know, by doing these things as a podcast is people don't need to sort of stop what they're doing and read through a difficult text. They can just listen listen to things, listen to these ideas as they're kind of going about the day to day, you know, driving around a place or um, doing the gardening or doing the cooking or whatever. Um, and it's just what a great way to sort of to learn and develop your develop yourself to um, pick up on this fabulous, fabulous conceptual stuff um, in a way that just sort of a bit, bit more kind of a bit, I think a bit more accessible for more people. Yeah. yeah. And I think that's one thing we want to look at is making it um, make all these themes and things and bring them into the real world. So actually it's great reading about them. But actually, what does that actually mean in, in terms of how we behave and what we do and how they can help us in our everyday working, working and personal lives? And I think one of the things that me and Alex often see when we're facilitating leadership training is people have these light bulb moments and like, Oh, hang on a minute. I'm going to go home and talk to my wife about this because actually I can see that this really helped my, my other relationships. And that's the beauty of, of learning development. It's not just about the work. It's like, if you take these things on, it can affect your whole life and really have a massive positive impact um, yeah. on your life. Um, so Alex, I just thought it'd be great to kind of find a bit more about your background. So obviously you're a consultant, you're a facilitator, how did you get into learning and development and what inspired you to move into learning and development? Um, well, I, I was, I was in the army for a long time, had my first career there and, uh, 
and I did a number of teaching and training jobs um, as part of that. And those were, and then when I came out, well, as you know, my the the, the kids sort of appeared no I no idea how uh, they anyway so, so, did my, so, so Evie Evie sort of came into the world and um, I did one I did a tour in um, uh, in Afghanistan I went to Kabul for about sort of seven months and then after that it was sort of like it really is time to move on and, and do something that's a little bit more um, a bit more a bit more family friendly really because of course it's it was that was tough it was rough oh that was such a rough experience. Not, not the job. The job was brilliant. I loved the job, but, but you know, I mean, Evie was. I, I deployed. I think like just a few days before her first birthday, and it was, oh, uh, wow. it was, it was rough. And I, I just thought, well, you know, I just wouldn't want to do that again, really. You know, so, so, so that was that was a part of it. And so, but then I looked back and I thought, right, what am I going to do next? And I looked at all the jobs that I'd done. And I thought, actually, the jobs that I enjoyed the most were the teaching jobs. So that's what I'm going to do. And. Um, you know the opportunities just started to kind of go from there and I sort of retrained went back to school did um those 5 a.m shifts doing my um psychology masters uh you know which was <laughs> which was fine actually actually it was fine it was difficult at first but it was um it was fine once I got into the rhythm and um yeah just the the, the teaching training opportunities number of jobs for um university of york and then that kind of then other uh, then with other universities and then private clients that's where i met you of course when because um uh you, you know you were my clients yes uh, that's right that's initially right. Yeah, that's right back in uh, a few years ago now yeah. um and i sort of just built up this sort of network of, of clients and now so now i do teaching um in terms of the sort of organizational business psychology, a bit of work with psychometrics and, you know, uh, the kind of um, team dynamics and all that sort of stuff. Um, and, um, and, and, you know, would you know there's a living to be made in it? <laughs> you know? yeah. but, but, but I really love it, really love it. Love, love the fact that every week's different. And, and actually, um, that's never been more true than at the moment, of course. It's just that it means working with people through this medium rather than, um, you know, hooning around the country. You're yeah. really on your, you've been on your own growth learning curve, haven't you, of, of having to transfer everything from facilitating yeah. in, in person to facilitating online um and i know i did my first webinar the other day and it was quite a strange experience facilitating to a screen and not having people in front of you and reading them but um how have you found that that transference from yeah. facilitating in person to facilitating online yeah because one of the things that that we I, we teach is this this thing about the zone the zone of proximal development which is the educational psychologist um lev vygotsky and his his idea is that when you get into the zone you know which is really the zone of professional development it is it is uncomfortable uh so you need that structure around you need good you need support and you need um willing um optimistic people around you who will kind of keep you motivated uh and pointed in the right direction but or even though it's incredibly uncomfortable to do when you when you kind of come back into your comfort zone you know you always come back with more, you know, you've kind of, you've grown and you've got new skills and capability that you come back with something really quite precious when you, when you go on that journey. Um, and I think in a small way that that's exactly it. That's what it's been like. So, you know, uh, what we did our first project with this um, was 
to what well, I just sort of put out a thing on LinkedIn saying I'm going to do a I'm going to do a practice coaching course um, a series of one hour sessions on Wednesday evenings and um, yes yeah, so I sort of <laughs> dialed into it I think I thought I'd get sort of six six or so people it's a little practice run we had about 70 70 people on that mm-hmm. first one and it was um, so that was that like a bit, a bit of a bit of ground rush uh, very much in at the deep end but that's the way to do it I think you you know you've just got to go and do it haven't you yeah. and yeah. then it's not going to be perfect it wasn't perfect I mean I was doing all sorts of mad stuff and, <laughs> and sharing sharing the wrong screens and getting myself tangled up in knots and all that sort of stuff uh, but but there's something you you know yes it was it was a bit of a bumpy old road but there's but there's something precious that you bring back from that and now actually with practice it's kind of getting there still not 100% but it's it's a lot better than it was you know Alex I think you're being quite hard on yourself I think you did really well I think you did really well considering you're not doing it and the breakout rooms anyone that's not discovered the breakout rooms on zoom they are fantastic Um, and I used them in the webinar the other day and everyone's like what what's this well it's I know and but isn't it interesting though because people just talk a bit differently when you put them into those little breakout rooms Mm -hmm. it all becomes a little bit more intimate yeah and that just gets people talking differently they relax I think also what's great about them is it kind of still imitates that um, that group learning, that group work that you get during face-to-face facilitation. So it's great that you can still have some, like you said, because that that kind of allows them to really think about the things you've been talking about and discuss mm. it amongst themselves. And that really helps embed that learning to get them to think about, oh, actually, how does this impact me? And how's that impacting you? And actually, where do you see this fitting in our in our lives? I think it's it's great. Yes. That, that's right it's a bit is that more reflective sort of thing because um yeah because otherwise it would be a bit luxury i think you know you would you can give a good lecture to that big 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 group of people but difficult to really kind of get that reflection when you've got a really big audience but then you can completely switch the focus get them into you know get get your sort of audience into groups of three or four people and they can have those more um personalized and reflective conversations Keeps which, it which of course, yeah and it's just it's that's where that's but that's where the, the theory sort of starts to interconnect into people's minds you know so yeah. yes fa- fabulous what about you what dabbling with virtual training in the last few weeks yeah so i did my first webinar actually this week um which was doubly nervous because it's my first webinar online but then it was also the first time so i know alex knows about this i've had this whole concept of understanding the balanced leadership which is understanding masculine energy and feminine energy in leadership um and how we need to find a balance between the two because i think often in a lot of leadership structures we've got much more masculine so it's just something that i've been talking about for a long time so i just thought i'd give myself a double whammy out my comfort zone first webinar first time i'm ever presenting this uh, leadership content to the world i'm not gonna lie i was I'm very nervous but i spent three days really prepping reading practicing um and it went really well uh, i did you know i felt a bit clumsy on the old zoom mm. um trying to figure out when you've got the shared screen where's your chat got where's the chat got when you're I sharing know. the screen yeah 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 um, i still i still i still lose that all the time now it's sort of like oh yeah just put your thoughts in the chat box it's all actually no hang on a minute don't because i've got no idea where it's gone um and then figuring yeah. out the breakout rooms but then um the feedback from everyone was like they were like louisa you were so good you're a natural they didn't realize it was my first they were like i can't believe that was your first webinar but i think it's that thing like you were saying and i think as facilitators i very much believe as somebody that works in learning development i need to be constantly practicing what i preach and keeping myself out my comfort zone and keeping myself learning 
Um, so it was great to be out of my comfort zone and then you finish it and you're like, oh, I did it. Okay, brilliant. And so now you're like, for me, it's opened the doors. I'm like, okay, that's great. I can I feel confident to do many more webinars now. Um, but yeah, I was definitely in the point of teetering between sort of getting stretched, getting into out of stretch into stress. Um, but yeah, it went really well. I like I said though, it was quite strange initially, like staring at the screen because for me, I very much like to read the room when I'm facilitating mm. and pick up on how people are feeling and how they're, you know, what, what's the feel like. And it's quite mm. odd not having those faces and be able to pick up on that. But it's very difficult. Yeah. Cause you, you know, it's sort of like if, if someone's getting a bit bored or their attention's drifting, you can, you sort of pick it up, in, yeah. you know, but, but yeah, with, when you can only see just a small number of people at any one time. Yeah. It's, you know, yeah, you, you've, you lose that immediate feedback, don't you? So it's, yeah. but the chat um, boxes are great. That's yes. The way yes. Keep, and I think, mm -hmm you know there are things you can do when you're facilitating online to keep people interacting it's they all had workbooks so, so we'd pre-design mm -hmm. workbooks for them to work through That's so very do little activities mm. um it was very yeah very organized yeah <laughs> um so they could do activities some reflections and we used to chat boxes and then people you know um, individually unmute people to share their reflections and then the breakout rooms which is brilliant um so yeah it went it went as well as you know better than i thought it would um so yeah, so what about, um, so thinking about, we've been talking a little bit about the flow model, about where we've been mm. in stretch. So Alex, do you have a particular favorite leadership model or tool that you like? Um, um, how has that helped you in your, in your life? How does that sort of, how do you see that in your everyday, everyday world? Oh, I'm very, <laughs> well, actually, the, you, you know, the flow model is a particularly good one. And that that's the same as the zone of proximal development in many ways. It's it's the very similar idea. Yeah, not the same, it's similar. And we could, maybe we could talk about that in the next um, podcast, actually. Uh, that, uh, yes, so, so, so a lot of positive psychology, which is all these little tools to sort of help you to kind of create um, a better version of the future. I think is is the thing and, and of course then you've got the coaching skills which are the, the medium to use those sorts of models and tools so 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 coaching coaching sort of the vehicle really for all these wonderful concepts and ideas um and that's maybe why coaching is so popular at the moment uh but the other thing is um personality profiling really interested yeah. in in personality and individual difference um personality so so all those uh you know so the jungian models which are you know disc and myers briggs all that sort of stuff i think that's really fantastic and people really like it and you can really see the lights go on with people when they sort of get a bit of an insight in why i am the the, the, the way i am and then there's also i don't we ever talked about the big five you know yes we did five. i think we've yeah. both um we've both done the big five actually yeah. yeah so so that's the sort of fact you know the five factors of personality everyone's a little bit more uh that the the academics prefer that one not the i find that when you're when you're actually training with people it's not quite as intuitive as the um things like disc and that sort of mm. thing but it's got a little bit more academic rigor so um but but i love all that stuff as well and um that kind of a sort of really kind of breaking down and analyzing um the nature of personality is um is really is really wonderful yeah and they're great tools as well for people that they're great tools as well for people that maybe haven't really done much self-reflection it's a real starting point to get people to sort of really take a look at themselves when they you know if they don't know where to start it's a great tool to sort of go okay have a have a look through this 
and mm. how accurate do you think it is and i think that's, that's what right. a personality <laughs> profile like we we've um you know there's quite a lot of discussion about sort of the scientific with how accurate it is but i think mm. more than anything profiling is great particularly when you start in coaching journey of just getting people to sit and look and really reflect about who they That's are, right. how they show up on their behaviours, um, right. and a really, really helpful tool. I, I think one of the challenges that I have with occupational psychology is is using these things to make really significant decisions about hiring people and that sort of stuff. And mm. you know, there, there are indicators in there, but it really is too shaky, um, I think, to be a basis for those really significant decisions. But as a professional development tool, so as a way of kind of getting people talking about you know what makes them tick and and how they engage best with others then it's perfect and i think that's exactly where these ideas fit best actually very much in as a, as a way you know if they start a conversation you know probably where i am with it at the moment positive psychology and personality and individual difference are my kind of two 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 things that i'm doing a lot of work with at the moment so maybe that's why they, they spring to mind brilliant mm. yeah. they, well they're both really really valuable tools for mm. um learning and development mm. um so alex it's been great chatting to you today mm. um and hopefully that gives people a bit of an introduction to what we're going to be what the podcast is going to be about it's going to be about different tools models learning development um and hopefully during this corona crazy times it gives you an opportunity to learn something and to develop yourself um we will be interviewing different people different experts people with different ex leadership experience um, different facilitators um, so get following us and um, keep listening and there's more of us to come thank you very much for yeah. listening to us today thank you Louisa brilliant